Welcome to the Graceway Sermon Cast. Graceway is a Baptist church located in Lexington, Kentucky. We have a heart for God and a deep love for people. You can learn more about our church by visiting www.gracewaylex.org. Now, here's this week's message. I did, uh, I know a lot of you guys have heard, like like Chris said, we, we've been going through life together at church for quite a while, but some of you guys don't know me quite as well, so I do want to uh, give give my testimony real quick, uh, kind of show you, tell you how I came to the Lord. I, when I was about 10, uh, uh, my brother got I, I guess I was about 10. It was somewhere in that range. My brother is two years younger than me. He got radically saved. Like he was, he knew that he was a sinner. He knew what Jesus did, gave his life. He was on fire. Like I was like, wow. And um, so I'm thinking about it and I'm like, man, I know I'm not as committed as him, you know? And I'm not not saved at that point. And uh so, so I had, I was like, okay, God, when I, when I get good enough to deserve what you did for me, then, then I'll, I'll, I'll get my life. All right, fast forward, I was about 20, 23, 24, okay, still not saved. And so, and um, I'd go to church, I definitely believed, you know, but, but I had not, I was still kind of, waiting so anyway mom comes to me one day and she says we're thinking of joining southland church i don't know if she remembers and uh i had no idea what that meant so i'm like we i've been going to southland church sounds good to me and so so she she comes back a few days later she says uh so when do you want to get baptized and i'm like what where, 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 did I miss a conversation? So anyway, so she explained to me, and so she explained to me that's what it meant. Like in order to be a member, you had to be saved, and which that shows how little I knew at that time, and so, um, which makes total sense. And um, uh, so I was, so I was like, oh, I, di- I didn't realize that. And she's like, okay, we'll we'll think about it. So, so I did, and. I was like, man, it's been 14 years since I've been waiting to be good enough, thinking someday I will be good enough. And, like, it has not gotten closer. It has not gotten closer to where I feel like you would des- you, I would be worthy of what you did for me. So... I said, God, you're not getting much in this deal. I mean, you know me. And, but I do believe. And I know what you did for me. And so back up just a few months before that, and, like, I was made a laugh at this because I was – like just realizing that I needed to make some changes in my life, okay? Now I'm thinking, I gotta get more organized. <laughs> Look at him shaking his head. <laughs> he, he's my manager, so if you don't know that, 
<laughs> and so that, that has still not happened. All right, that, that's why. And so I, um, and it was like not, I mean, like my, my sweetie will laugh at this because like my house was a mess, you know, that I'm still not much help in that. <laughs> so, so like, but what I didn't realize was that he was, that Jesus was the change that I need. So when I gave my life to him, I had no idea the journey that was about to take place. Like, I knew nothing um, except for what he had done for me. I remember one time before I got saved, I was riding with David, my brother, and he said, uh, I don't know why you haven't, like, what's holding you back, but if you ever have questions, you know, let, let me know. So uh, my question was, so I, I'm like, I had not thought about that. I really didn't have any questions, but, you know, so your mind starts thinking, I'm like, why didn't anybody in the New Testament have a last name? This was the, the deep, you know, in s questions that I was pondering, you know? And so, like, I literally knew nothing. And so I didn't know you became a new create creation. Um, my brother gave me a Bible, and it had that, it had uh, that verse where it talks about you are now a new creation. And I was like, well, that's interesting. But I still didn't think too much of it. Like, I, I, I kind of thought it was the end of the journey. Like, I, I had arrived, like, that, that was the end. I did not realize what God had in store for me. So um, I was going to Southland, you know, didn't think too much else about it. Um, my brother comes up to me later that year, and he says he was going to a church called the Church at Lexington. And um, it, it was, he was like, we're, we're, we've got a bowling out, young adults have a bowling out, there's probably going to be like three of us, right? And so if you want to go bowling, and I'm like, sure, and stuff. So, um, so, so, like, I go there, and there's, like, there was a lot more than three people. He totally lied to me. And so, so, but, but so I'm hanging out with them, and they're bowling, and I'm like, man, whatever they got, I want. You know, it wasn't s that they were being super spiritual. You know, they were just, they were the light of the world. Mm. And so so I go to Dave afterwards, and I'm like, do you care if I, that was probably on a Friday, do you care if I come to church with you Sunday? So, so I go, and I knew myself. I was shy. I mean, um, I, I was extremely shy in high school so it was so much I couldn't talk to my friends okay so uh, I knew myself and I was like if I don't dive in full full bl blast I'm never gonna I'm just gonna be in the background sitting and stuff and so so I go to church I find out they're going on a on a, a boat trip um, that that week and I'm like oh I'll go you know, like the young adults. It's like whatever, whatever's coming. Uh, they're they're having a young young adult group. Like, okay, I'm in. 
you know. And so all I knew at that point was I was hungry. And so um, I probably didn't even know that, but I was. And so, and I was. So uh, fast forward a little while later, um, I I'd been blessed to be around some people that I really respected and stuff. Um, and and was, it, but I was still like, I was. I knew I was a new, newbie Christian. You know, I I knew nothing and stuff. Um, I was still not bold at all. Stuff. I I ended up. They ended up having this thing called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, and um, it is. And what it what it is is a, a church deal that uh, is put on, and um, and and like two people come in and they teach the church. They came in on a Friday. They teach the church how to set up the stage. They pick people to be in the play, and you put it on Sunday night. Like, it is like, and it, the whole thing was bathed in prayer. It was really cool. Um, and so that, long story short, that, that weekend, well, first of all, something happened before, the, the night before it happened. I felt like I was supposed to go on Friday night when the people were first coming in and help out with this thing. That, that was about it. And um, the night before, there was a girl that I was interested in, and I don't even remember who it was, or, but I just remember I got really frustrated, you know? And so I did not want to go. Like, on Friday, I would, like, all day, I'm like, I do not want to go, right? Um, and so, so uh, I'm like, but Lord, I think you want me to go to this thing. So I go, and I walk in the doors, and I'm like, I felt peace. And I was like, okay, like none of that stuff that happened the previous night, like mattered, and so and um, and it wasn't anyway. And so, long story short, that weekend ended up changing my person. God changed my personality. He gave me and like he gave me boldness, like and he told he he told the guy that w- um, that was in charge of of like the young adult group it was going to happen that guy was playing satan in the play and he's like while i was on stage he's like god's like i'm going to give that guy boldness like and here's here's what god did to do it for me and um so so i was i was on stage i i had gotten a role in the play i'd never acted before had like no volume like like when i it was a pretty big church we built this sanctuary and stuff. It was it was it was a good sized church. And like whenever I was practicing, I could not speak loud enough. Like they could not hear me. And so they're they're like, what are we gonna do? You know. And so they they're like putting mics around the stage and stuff like that. And you're like, go over to talk about this. So we go before a a, a, a little bit before and and we we uh, they're praying for me and they're praying for my voice. They're praying for it. And it, it, this is about an hour before the. Sh- before everything. In the meantime, everybody's coming in. We get in there, and there's like, the place is full. And I'm like, there's 500 some odd people, and I'm like, you've got 10 minutes to show people what you think of Jesus. And I was not going to need any mics. (laughs) And uh, that, so after that, like I was, I was literally a different person. That that 
Like, at first I thought, that's when God changed me. No, I was changed when, when I first received him. That was just the event that he used to speed up the process. You know, um, but, like, so from then on, it was like, God, uh, it, there's a lot more to my story, but, uh, but like, a lot of, to this journey. I love the story of the journey. Like, I, I love, one of my favorite parts of the Bible is Moses at the, um, at, at the burning bush. And, and I, I'm always talking to people about this and because it's the beginning of a journey. He, Moses says, who should I say has sent me, right? And he says, well, tell him I am sent you, okay? So, and, and, and so then he goes on this journey and he starts to, and, and at times Pharaoh, we go through the, the plagues and Pharaoh's ready to get, let him go. And God's like, no, my people have not learned that he is the answer, right? So, so because when he said, I am, at first I was, I, for a while I was like, what did you mean by that? He's meaning, I am what they're looking for. Just like when I knew I needed changes but didn't know what it was, he was what, I'm, what I was looking for. It's the same thing today. People, and so what's cool about that journey is like, their plagues would happen. God's like, no, they're not ready yet. And he'd harden Pharaoh's heart. And because his people were not ready yet. So they go through, right? And um, they eventually finally gets to the 10th plague. And he's like, okay, they're, they're ready to go. He hardens Pharaoh's heart again because his people aren't ready yet. They haven't got it yet, you know? So what happens? There's a pillar of a fire come down, right? He's... Like, think about this. Put your plate, put yourself in. If there was anybody in the world that ever knew there was a God, it was the Israelites at that moment, right? There's, at, at night, there's a pillar of fire separating the army from, from him. God parts the seas. They're walking through it. We know later that God did this like four times, so it wasn't that big deal to him. But at the time, it had to be like, that is crazy, you know? And, and so they get to the other side, and, and, and like, 30 days later, they're complaining, right? Okay, so, all right, so fast forward later, Moses is on the mountain. He says he's talking to, he says he's talking to him as a friend, right? And he says, just show me your glory. So it's no longer like, tell me who you are, and God says, Okay, now I'm going to tell you who I am. He says, because who he is is part of his glory. And he sa so he says, he says, I'm going to pass in front of you. You're going to change to white, all this stuff that happens and stuff. But I'm also going to tell you who I am. Right? And so, so he's, he, he does that. And I'm just like, man, God, when he was on the burning bush asking for, for who you were, you could have told him who you were right then, but you knew Moses wasn't ready. Now, through all this stuff, his people are finally, like, I mean, I just love the journey. So, so um, go back to the burning bush. I read something about it 
the today that or this week that like I was like I have never seen that before or I've never caught it before. Before he said, "Tell him that I am," he had, Moses asked his name and he says, "I am who I am." I was I've I've it's always like, okay, I, I don't get that. What, what do you mean by that? All right. I think what he was saying is like his people had been there for 400 years without like in slavery. You think there were some questions? You know like like is God like is he like what's going on here? 400 years. Think about that. That would be the 1600s if we went back 400 years. US isn't even here. I mean like that that is that is so he said i am who i am he said basically says like joel was praying today he says man it is crazy that we get we get to praise you and and sing to you and you would listen to us he was like when he was praying and i was like that's where my mind's been all all week is that like it is crazy how how like thorough he is and and because there are things in the bible that i would i was telling uh, we had dinner with the rams did and I, I was like it's crazy to me some of the things he puts in the bible like i probably wouldn't have put the i'm like god i probably wouldn't have put the word predestination in there <laughs> you know <laughs> like but he said i am who i am i probably wouldn't have you know i probably wouldn't have put david and Bathsheba in there you know, like David's his golden boy, right? <laughs> I mean, like, like I, I probably would have left that out. And yet God said, I am who I am. Like, I want you to know everything about me. I, I am not going to apologize for who I am. We as a church do not have to apologize for who God is. We do not have to, like, he is who he is. And the cool thing is when we get to know who he really is, it's going to be like on the mountain, and he's going to be like, I, I am the one who, who, who forgives. And, and, and I'm the, I am not asking. One of the things he said on there is like, I will forgive who I will forgive, and, and I will have mercy on who I will have mercy. That What an awesome person. Because here's what that's saying. He's saying, I'm not asking anybody else's opinion of you. He has decided what he thinks of you, and he loves you dearly. <laughs> All right, now, now I get to get to my notes. <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, I... Uh, I came across, uh, first of all, I do want to back up. Derek hit a, hit a verse last week, and I was like, man, what a verse. You know, I'm thinking about, like, this for elders and stuff. It was, it was 30, Isaiah 31, 30 verse 1. Okay. He says, and you guys may remember it. It says, woe to the rebellion. To the rebellious children, declare the Lord, who executed a plan, but not mine. Man, I just want to assure you, 
that is not our goal here. All right, to execute, <laughs> like if you have any, like, but man, it, it can happen. It, 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 we can get so wrapped up in what we think that, that, that we can get off track. Uh, we have to we have to be very careful. I, I want to, um, yeah, um, what what a great reminder. Um, I want to. Let me see. Uh, I want to I want to look at a verse. I don't know if I put it up there on the thing. Um, it's Genesis. It's Genesis uh, 18, 17 through 19, I think. And so here, here's the story. Um, this is with Abraham, right? And the, the three, three angels come to see Abraham, and they say, uh, they, they say um, he, he, they're about to go to Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And he says, should, there's a great verse that says, should I tell Abraham what I'm about to do? All right? And he said, because I'm about to go to Sodom. And, and he's like, and he goes on, because Abraham's his chosen person and stuff. And so, and so he's, since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and him, so, okay, so we could say, oh, well, that's Abraham. You guys do realize you're the light of the world, right? And so, like, he has chosen us, which is crazy because he knows us. Like, and he said, man, I want you to be light. So, so why is this verse, why did I talk about this verse? Because, like, God thought for a second, I love this, he thought for a second, do I just do what I'm going to do in Sodom and Gomorrah, or do I just... Do I let him know what's going to happen, right? So, so he said, like, because he could have certainly just done Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And 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 Abraham would have been like, he probably—I don't know what Abraham would have thought, but we do know that when he told him what he was going to do, Abraham thought he was like, he thought he hadn't thought it through. Right? Because he starts start trying to talk him down. He says, what if there's 50 good people? Right? Anybody who's talked to me very much probably has heard me talk about this story because I love it. Because I think it explains people where, where people are today. And they, like, the world as a whole basically thinks God has not thought things through. Yeah. And, and so he goes through and he says, well, what if there's 50 people? What if there's 45? He goes, he goes down by 5 all the way down to 10. And then I think he thought he was safe. He's like, you know, and so, so he goes through, and he's like, um, and, and then he realizes he gets to Sodom and Gomorrah, and Sodom and Gomorrah happens. He just gets destroyed. I don't see Abraham saying, God, you know, like, like questioning God anymore. You know, he was like, oh, God, God knew what he was doing. And, and um so the reason I, I bring that verse up, though, is because there are things in the Bible that I'm like, just like Joel was praying, I'm like, I'm amazed that you put that in there. Here, here's the way. What, John, uh, 
let me see. I don't know if I put this one in. Um, John, I think it's 18. Here, I'll, I'll find it. Just a sec. It's where, where Jesus is on the cross, and he says, it is finished. All right? So, so like, so going back to the, the, the journey with Abraham, with uh, Moses, the burning bush, to, I would say to the end of the Old Testament, there was a journey. God is teaching his people, hey, you need me. Like, you cannot do this on your own. Because he basically eliminated all the excuses. He said, what, what, if, what, if, what, if, I send a, what if I send a worshiper that show, will show you what it's like to worship me and follow me and stuff? What if you had that example? What if you had the rules of how to be good enough? What if I gave you that? What if, what if, I, uh, what if I gave you the wisest man that ever lived? What if I showed you over and over in the book of Ezekiel, like, things that would happen that at the end of it, you will know that he is God, right? You know, in Ezekiel, that statement, then you will know that I am God, happens 37 times. It's, that statement in the Bible is there 40 times or something like that. I like if you Google it. It's crazy. Like, there is a definite thing. And yet he gives all these different ways, and he's just eliminating excuses to say, well, only, if only God would do, have done this, then we would have lived well enough. So Jesus comes, and, and they're like, all the excuses have been taken away. All right, so then he, he walks on earth. He, 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 uh, he, he delivers, um, uh, he walks on earth, and then he, he goes to the cross. And he says, it is finished. So here's my question. God, you didn't have to give us the rest of the New Testament. You had done enough. Like, that is crazy to me. But back in, back in Genesis, when we were talking with Abraham, I think it's the same thing. He just wants us to know. He didn't have to do it. He goes so far beyond what he has to do. Like, he is up there still giving intercession for us. Ah, oh, man, that, uh, sorry, sweetie. I told sweetie, sweetie's like, now don't do the thing where you go like this, and like this, like this. So I, I, but I'm sorry, but I get excited, and I, I, I start talking. Uh, <laughs> I, but I get excited because because of who he is, and so so most of the rest. But let's talk about the most of the rest of the New Testament, because all right, there's two at the end. He comes back, and there's basically two great commandments. I would say there's certainly the one that that we're we're take, taking part of today, sending people to the other side of the world, and stuff. The second great commandment to me is when he's talking to Peter and, and, Peter, and he says Peter do you love me or, because here, here and here's the thing after this is after Peter's denied him and it says at the beginning this is such a cool chapter because at the end of John 20 somebody pointed out one time it sounds like he wrapped up the book 
Like if you read John 20, it sounds, and, and then there's this other chapter, and it's almost like John didn't want to have to write that one. Because it says at the beginning of it, he said, Peter says, I'm going fishing. He's not, I'm going back to my own way of life. And, and the disciple says, I'm going too. We're going too. And so, so then Jesus comes up. It's so cool how Jesus handles this. He says, he's, he says, hey, cast your nets on this side. Have you guys cast your, and they start pulling the fish. And immediately, that's how he initially called them before they knew anything. Basically, Jesus said, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. And so he's talking to Peter, and he says, Peter, do you love me? He says, you know I do. And he asks him three times, and he says, feed my sheep. That is the second great commandment to me. And most of the rest of the New Testament is, is focused on that. So, so the, like all these letters to churches, like, I mean, now there is definitely some things where we, we can take and we can say, oh, that that's also applies to the other commandment. You, uh, we, um, and there are some things that, that, as, that I hope as a church we, we, we go to extremes as, all right? One of them, and I, is, is the fruit of the Spirit. All right? And here's why. Uh, Galatians 5. I, do you have that one up? No, I don't. Yeah, I did give you that one, I think. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. And, you, I mean, you guys know this, so. It's, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. All right? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness, self-control. And then it says, Against such things, there is no law. That is an amazing statement. Because here's what he's saying. He's saying, if you want these things, I, there is no limit to what you can have. He said, I am not going to limit you. You want self-control, I can help you with that. If you want gentleness, I can help you. If you want goodness, I can help you with that. And, uh, like, I love, like, uh, Elijah and Elisha, right? They're talking, and at the end of Elijah's life, he says, he says, uh, Elijah's like, can, can I do anything for you? And he's like, well, I want a double portion of what you got, right? And so, so he says, uh, Elisha says, that's going to be a hard thing. He says, he's like, I, I'm, in fact, he, he doesn't guarantee he's going to get it. He says, my cloak falls, right? Then you got it, because they said, "I don't know if you're going to get it or not." <laughs> Basically, is what he said. But, but like, there, like when I look at this and I see against such things there is no law. He, like, I, I would test. I challenge you to, to try to find the limits to that, because I bet you're not going to find it. I bet you're not going to find. And I love it because he talks about he talks about this fruit of the spirit multiple places and one of them is in second peter one and he says he says this he says well let me see if i did i i didn't give you much did i <laughs> all right second peter one all right um now for this uh, this is one five um now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, 
supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. He's basically saying, don't, don't get complacent. Don't, don't just settle. He's like, I got more for you. you. You're doing well in this area? Go get this too. I got so much for us. And, but this is the cool thing. It says, for if these qualities are yours and, increasing in, in, and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification. Wow. Wow, I was right. Um, therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make sure about, about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. What a thing that we could, we could just, like, be extreme about, all right? Um, uh, let me see. I want to share one more story that I came across this, this week. I've been reading in Joshua, and uh, Joshua, it's, 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 it's part of that journey, and so, so I'm like, I'm just amazed. And uh, um, so Joshua, he, he, you know the story he, um, where he, first time they go to the promised land, they don't get in. They, they didn't have, they didn't, they weren't ready as far as like their faith and confidence in God. And so they get cast in the wilderness. Forty years later, they're, come, they're back. This time, leading up to it, they had conquered some battles like Moses and stuff. Then, then they go. Well, they walk around Jericho. They go in, and they, they like the walls fall flat again. Just craziness when, like, what God did, and how He did it. And then, and then they get so. You know that they were like super excited, like we have arrived, right? And so, and things are going to go great. They they just won a battle that they 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 didn't think so, and um, the the. On, they knew on their own they would not win, basically. Um, and so Joshua 7, they go, they go and fight a, a little battle, this little uh, country called uh, AI. And I, 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 I don't know how you pronounce that. I don't know if it's A, AI, whatever. And it's not artificial intelligence, I'm pretty sure. But, but um, I know that's kind of a thing these days. But... Um, all right, so but there, verse 2 through 9. So he, he sends scouts into AI. This is interesting. He sends scouts into AI, and they come back, and they say, you don't even have to bring our whole, our whole army. So look at this. He says, Joshua sent men from Jericho to AI, which is near Beth Haven of Bethel, and said to him, go up and spy out the land. So the man went up and spied out AI. They returned to Joshua and said, do not let all the people go up. Only about two or three thousand men need to go up to AI. Do not make the people go to go toil up there, for they are few. All right. So, so they're like, we got this. All right. But the problem was, he when they at one point they had won a battle and somebody took something that God had not 
had told them not to, right? So they didn't know any of this. So, so um, they go and they fight AI and they get their tails whooped. And Joshua is confused. And, and he is like, what just happened? You ju- why would you bring us here? We can't even beat this little country, right? And so, like, he, and so, um, so then God said, hey, somebody took something they weren't supposed to take. They've sinned against me. I'm, I'm not going to bless this. Right, and and so so they go take care of it. They get it. They, uh, they do. It, they pun it, That guy gets punished, um, and 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 then they start fighting battles, and they go back to AI, and they they win, and they and then they start fighting other battles, and they win, and then go to Joshua seven. Uh, let's do something real quick. Go to Joshua or sorry, not seven. Joshua twelve. This whole chapter is kings that Israel defeated with Joshua. The whole thing, the whole thing's like 24 verses. And it's not like he's going into great depth. He says, um, start in like, uh, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Just pick a verse between 7 and 23. Just pick and put the king of Jericho won. That means they, they defeated him. The king of Ai, which is the, the, uh, beside Bethel, won. Let's pick another one. Okay, the king of Jerusalem won. The king of Hebron won. The king of Jer- Jer- like he's just listing the kings that they went through and they whooped. And most of them, they didn't lose a person. Okay, so, so here it was. I want you, like, Basically, what he's saying is they finally got it. Okay? They finally got, they went from, man, we cannot, this, these guys are giants. Now it does not matter what, and you don't, and the thing is, when they're going through this, you don't see people taking stuff they're not supposed to anymore. Because they knew that if, that they could not do it without God. All right? So, so, like, I put that, I look at this as our, as our, like, what does this have to do with us? Man, what does the Bible say? You go from glory to glory? That's what God's got planned for us. Not like, not like a conquering lands type of thing. It's not, but like, I, I look at this and I'm like, man, God knew this was what he had in store for him. And what was he been thinking back when they were struggling? Right? He's like, if you just trust me, if you, if you just trust me and we can, like, oh my, then we can do the second Peter thing. And we can, and we can, and we can be adding to these things and you will, like, you will not be unfruitful and stuff. Um, so I, I, yeah. Sorry. All right. So um, uh, I want to I want to close with with this one little story. This um, uh, yeah. Uh, well, let me say this about the Second Peter thing. So one thing that's interesting is like, you know, we we we, we th- I think sometimes we think when we have to go to all the world. 
right, and, and share, share him and stuff, that, that we think, oh, we got we to, gotta. I remember going with Tracy and Elizabeth on the very first trip, and Coos is to Africa, and um, it, uh, it was the year before I met Sweetie and stuff, and um, before, right before the merger that Chris talked about, and, um, and, and, I, and he gets up and he says, I want you to share the gospel. I did not know how to share the gospel. I was like, I, I was like, yeah, it was like being thrown into the deep end of the ocean, right? And that's, Coos will do that and stuff. And, but now they, now they also helped and say, okay, here's some thing, ideas and stuff like that. And um, uh, so I, and I think sometimes we think that we've, we've got to know how to do it, right? And, um, and we've got to, and so we kind of start thinking like, well, we need this program, like, it, it, or we need, we need to know these verses, stuff like that. And what Second Peter says is, is, is much more an inward thing flowing outward that is going to f- affect the world. You add the goodness, you add the self-control, you add, the, and you are the light of the world. You are not going to have to worry about having the right words. It is going to happen. You are going to be fruitful. Nowhere in there does he say, and you, sh- and you say the right words, right? Like he said, like nowhere he says, you do these things, and you say this, and then you will be fruitful. No, it has nothing to do with being able to sh- share the right thing. All you have to do is share him. And what he, like Chris talks about it all the time, like w- I just think we, we overcomplicate things. Uh, final, fi- final story. The the <laughs> um, uh, the all right. So one of my favorite is where, where he's feeding the five thousand, right? And he does it twice, and w- w- right. And so and and it's it's so cool because both times it follows the exact same pattern. First time he's he, they get up and they're like, these people are hungry, and he's like, well go feed them, right? And and he's like, we. They're like, we can't feed them, right? And he, so he says, uh, so he says, where's the fish? Where's, where's the bread? And he starts handing out fish and bread. And he gives them fish, and they hand it out, okay? And so uh, where in that story did God, Jesus say, you know, you're right, I'll do it? Who, who let me ask you this question. Who gave them the food? Now, Jesus never said, go supply the food. But then when, when we say, like, when we, we, when we're, we think, go, go reach the world or whatever, or go, go impact your community or whatever, and, and then, then we, we take too much of it on ourselves. So the, the, the disciples, they go through this. The second time is feeding 5,000. They said, the people are hungry. God says, go, go feed them. And they said, well, we don't have enough food. They totally missed it. And, then, and like, but what I'm saying is, like, it's much, like, it's just like Joshua. We cannot win any battles. It, nothing is going to happen without the Holy Spirit, all right? We, we do nothing on our own, all right? But, but with him... If we just, like, do what he says, and, like, it, I really think it's that easy. We are literally just handing out what he gives us. 
What's my role as an elder? It's to continue to just hand out what, I, what he gave me. It's really not, I don't really view it as any more than that. I mean, like, there's, there's some more responsibility stuff, but, but like, that's where, I think that's, that's basically my job. Is, and, yeah, all right. Um, I, I, okay, w- one last story. This is not from the Bible. This is not from, uh, sorry, sorry, all right. So yesterday, <laughs> sorry, so, so yesterday, Misha was working, right? And I'm like, I tell Sweetie, I'm going to go get some donuts, and I'm going to go get Spalding's. And, and so, um, and she's like, well, well, go get some and take them to, to her work. And I was like, that's a great idea. It was not mine. I was going to get donuts for myself. But, but, but Sweetie was thinking of, of that. And I was like, that's really cool. So, so I do that. I go, I get Spalding's, I take them in, and her boss is there. And, and he's like, oh, my. And this is so cool what he said. And he, he turns to Misha, and he says, you know, Spalding's are supposed to be the best. And, and, um, and I was like, I thought maybe he never had them, right? I was like, have you ever had them? He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> and stuff. You realize that sharing the gospel is that easy? Because Jesus gave his best. All we got to do is, like, let him know. And... So um, I'm going to turn things over to Chris, and that really was my last one. So. <laughs> Thank you for listening today. At Graceway, our strongest desire is to glorify Christ by telling everyone about His grace. If you have questions or are in need of spiritual help, please reach out to us by visiting www.gracewaylex.org and click on the Contact Us section, or you can email us at gracewaylex at gmail.com. Our worship services are held each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. We'd love to worship with you this week. Until next time, take care and walk in the way.